Welcome to Box Sprays and Bundles, where every episode you will get a three strand twist of authenticity, motivation, and relatability. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was fixing my week. Oh, shit. Out. It was all. <laughs> it was way back here where my headphones are sitting. Oh. Hey, guys. I just happened to look up and see lace. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hello. You know? Changing the day up, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, you know, we working on it. We working on it. It's Thursday. Yeah. By the time that y'all hear this, it'll be the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. So, what what are y'all's plans for Thanksgiving? I'm staying here. If y'all haven't, can't not tell. I'm a little under the weather. Last weekend did something to me. <laughs> and then this week having to you know just the week before thanksgiving and teaching and all that it's kind of like all right y'all i'm gonna need y'all to sit down somewhere but anyway um my plans i'm staying here in houston for thanksgiving and going and spending time with my mom and sister what about y'all um i'm going to austin so I'll be in Austin for Thanksgiving. I actually leave on my anniversary. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we'll be going there. Um, my grandma said this is the last time that she cooking. <laughs> and it got to be because I had to give her some money. I'm like, girl, we got to pay for plates. What? <laughs> my husband is in an uproar, okay? <laughs> what? Child. Like everybody anyway, had to pay, or she just needed a little something from you. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she said it. Ain't nobody else have. Okay, nobody have to pay for this. <laughs> well, y'all at least y'all doing something, because baby, my family ain't. We ain't had a Thanksgiving meal together in a minute, so at least y'all doing That's something. That's surprising for y'all. I know, <clears throat> but it's just been since since we moved from Austin to Houston. It's kind of. Oh, the dynamics changed. <laughs> what about you, Tracy? I am cooking for me and my booty <laughs> And it ain't even about to be no traditional Thanksgiving because it's just us two. I'm about to make some jerk chicken and then maybe some sides. Like, you know. You want me to? Well, no, you can, you can make a good mac, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to do mac and cheese, uh, some yams. Uh, he wants some greens. I'm not making no greens. Mm-hmm. Try to put them in the, in the crock pot. Mm-hmm. I'm not making <laughs> greens, greens. are easy to make. Put them greens on. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> like greens. I don't like them, so I don't want to cook. Them. I don't like cooking things I don't want to eat. Because mm. he <laughs> will eat once and then go back to his place, and then I'm stuck with all the leftovers. I, I feel that. Give them to the homeless. Go right down the deep L. I don't like green, so I'm not. I'm not even about to taste them. <laughs> Homeless around <laughs> to throw that shit back in my car. Bitch, what is this? That shit gonna linger. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of lingering, Y'all. that scent that you were. Tracy lasted for a couple days in my car. I was like, Lord, mm. my bad, man. Last weekend. <laughs> I didn't recover till yesterday. Last weekend showed me how old I am. Girl. And I am truly an old bitch. 
because I'm t- I'm tired. I'm still tired. I still ain't got back on track. Yeah. Oh, well, y'all hear my voice, so <laughs> that's how I've been. Right. Mm-hmm. I came we back home, home and he was like, I thought y'all was going out. It was not like right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I thought y'all was going out. We went. This it is when I like to call it. Right. <laughs> And me and Jerko, me and Jerko stayed up and played the game, baby. When I say I was hurt, I was hurt, but I didn't want to. <laughs> Girl, I can't even. I don't even know the re- how the rest of that night went down, cause baby, I I, I was over there tired. Tired. Look, they asked me. They said you gonna get on the game. And I didn't want to be like, nah, fam, I'm going, I'm gonna go uh, lay down. And then I was gonna, I was gonna renege, and I went upstairs, and Jericho was on the couch. I was like, damn it, <laughs> I didn't want to leave her by herself to play this game. So no, said, you know me, I go right in the room. <laughs> that game was two hours, wasn't it? It was two hours, and my ass was tired. <laughs> was it Mario Party? And then, yes, but and the then, new one. Not, and then they short. had the nerve to have a game, to have a game that you got to memorize. Shit, I was like, oh hell! <laughs> Everybody <laughs> was like, I am unable to can. Okay, everybody <laughs> was like, oh, we we just not gonna. <laughs> so, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, since we are going to be around family, and honestly, based off the call I had with Tracy this week. <laughs> Um, inspired by the call I had with Tracy this week, I wanted to ask y'all and for the listeners, I want y'all when y'all go like with y'all's families to kind of think about the question, but how much of your story is based off of your family or your parents? How much of your story of who you are is based off of your family, your parents, your upbringing, how you were raised or whatever. So for me, I feel like my obsession with stability definitely comes from my my upbringing. I was um, brought up in a single parent household. So anything that resembles instability, I can't, I just can't. I think that has hindered me taking a lot of risks in life that I should have taken because the thought of being unstable or not having my needs met is a hard no for me. I rarely take risks in life. I'm very safe. I'm a very safe person. I'm very responsible. And that's difficult because I see a lot of people able to just kind of figure it out or take risks or whatever, and it works out for them, or it doesn't work out for them, and they, you know, they may bounce back, but that's just something I've always struggled with being able to do because of, I guess, my my mother and not having stability. She was, she's someone who still to this day lacks stability, and it gives me anxiety. I would also say being able to rely on people. For example, I've never had anyone throw a birthday party for me. During my wedding, I almost didn't have a maid of honor because I wanted to, I was just going to do it myself. It, it, it takes a lot for me to allow others to show up for me. 
because my dad rarely showed up for me. Um, I had to ask him to show up for me. And I feel like as a child, you should never have to ask a parent to show up for you. And I feel like I always have to ask my parents to show up for me. And so even when it comes to my husband, it also reflects on why I am super independent, pro-independence, because I know I'm going to show up for myself. And if I don't, I know how to fix that or cope with that. But you can't do that necessarily. You can't control someone else. And so with my dad, I feel like, how can I put this? Um, I feel like everything for him had to be a show and prove. And so with, with my husband, I remember us having early in our like right when we were fresh newlyweds, like a few months, it was an issue for me to ask him to do certain things for me. Um, like get get me gas, buy me this, buy me that, or whatever. Yes, that's something that I want you to do without me asking. Um, but for him, he is um, one of those people who is very involved in the community. He has a lot going on. He's a he's an educator, and so he tells me like. Look, I just need you to ask me. Just ask me. You have you can have anything you want. Just ask me. I get offended by that because I don't want to I don't want to ever put him in the position to where I shut down completely off him because he's not able to come through on something that I asked him to do. I feel like that is obviously that's trauma and that's something that I'm trying to work through, but I don't even want to put him in that situation. So I think that stems from, you know, my, my father. So I would say me being pro-independent and self-reliant and all of that is my story. Overly responsible is my story. But that's not because Sierra wants to be that way. I want to be trifling. I would love, I would love to be trifling, but I, I just can't. And so, and so, um, yeah, I, I think that's my story. Um, it's something that I'm trying to change now. I'm too old to be trifling now, but <laughs> I would just love to be able to live a little freer without chains and without, um, restrictions on some things. But I feel like I've had to always keep it tight and keep it together because my parents were so unstable well, the parent that I lived with was so unstable and the parent I didn't live with was absent of emotion. Absent. And another thing, on top of me being an Aquarius and having that aspect of me, my parents literally are the most unemotional people that I've ever met. Like my mom will cry about some things like she, she cries about accountability that's the only time I've ever seen my mom cry. I've never seen my mom cry because she was sad. Well, something happened to me and she she cried, but I've never seen her cry about like being like necessarily sad. It's just it's always about accountability or some things that happened in her childhood. So, what do y'all think? I think I am the complete opposite of your experience. Like so I grew up in a two-parent household, but 
that's a shit show in itself. I can break that down. And I think I have before briefly on previous episodes. My parents kind of had me later in life. So everything was laid out for me in that they made every decision, what I was going to do, when I was going to do it, what I was allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. I wasn't allowed to like express myself freely. I think the first time I ever like made my own decision was middle school when I had decided to try out for the dance team. That was the first time I ever was like, I want to do this and I'm going to try to do it. And I just like straight told my parents. Every time before that, it was like my mom. Well, I didn't do any extracurriculars before middle school. Like I had friends whose parents signed them up for like club volleyball and they did like after school cheer and stuff. Well, no, I take that back. I did do after school cheer or like community center cheer. Didn't, I don't know where she got that from. I never gave you cheerleader assist. I never wanted to do that in my life. I think she, somebody else mentioned it. So she was like, oh, Tracy's going to do that. But yeah, my parents made a lot of decisions for me and were very strict. So now as an adult, I struggle to make decisions for myself. I'm a little lost in life, I would say, because I have to run everything by somebody, even small things. Like I can't decide what I want to eat today. Should I eat this or should I eat that? Somebody got to tell me what to eat or I just won't eat some days. And I'm kind of learning how me as a person stems from my upbringing through the therapy I mentioned in the last episode. I had one session with my therapist and it was very emotional. I went in depth with her about my childhood. And this is the first time I've had a therapist like emote (laughs) very expressively. It was a lot of Tracy. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, um, yeah, my parents are the reason I am so high strung and anxious about everything. And I struggle to make decisions, basically. It's also why I feel my primary love language within my romantic relationship, for me, it's going to sound so superficial, it's trash, is receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Because my parents, especially my dad, when they fucked up, it was them buying me something to make up for the fuck up that they did. Even to this day, my dad, there's been a couple times where we got into it, like screaming, cussing at each other. And then we won't talk until he hits me up. And he's like, I remember you talking about you wanted this. I bought it for you. And it's like, oh, thanks, dad. Like, and then what happened between us never happened because I got some new shiny shit, which is, is, I don't think it's a good thing. I probably need to unlearn receiving gifts being my primary love language but like every time me and my romantic partner get into it now I feel like you gotta buy me something because you pissed me off so that thing that's in my cart you need to get that to make me feel better Hmm. well I'm reading myself this episode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's definitely all due to my parents so what do you think is your your story like what 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 is your story in that it relates to them? Like what part of your story do you think is caused by them? All of it. Oh, damn. <laughs> All of it. Okay. The, the, like literally the, the struggle with, especially my mental health. 
is due to not knowing how to express myself because I didn't have that liberty as a child. I have a sweep everything under the rug ass family. I'm trying to think of how to say without putting my parents' business too much out there. But um, like my dad has another kid that is in between me and my biological brother. My parents have been married the entire time. I didn't know about this until I was like older. Like nobody just, nobody thought to tell me that I had a sister. I kind of had to piece shit together myself and was like, hold on, you and my mom have been married since the early 80s and my sister came about in the late 80s, but her mama is not my mama type shit. So then that turned into a lot of resentment with my mom. Like, why would you put up with this? Why are you still with this man? What the hell is wrong with you? Why do you feel like you need to be with somebody that would treat you the way this man treats you? And her response to me was, you'll understand when you'll get older. No, the fuck I won't. I will not. Um, it's also the reason why niggas don't get chances with me. Do not. I'm not a stay and cry ass bitch, nigga. You got to go. Excuse my language. So, I mean, I guess on one hand, like I struggle to make decisions. But on the other hand, like I know exactly what I don't want in life because of how my parents treated me. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all. It makes sense in my head. It just It's a case by case basis. It depends on what I'm making this decision about. But I know as far as like relationships with other people, whether it be like romantic or friendships, I know what I won't put up with because of what I watched, especially my mom put up with. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully through these next few therapy sessions, I can get some healing and figure it the fuck out so we can get this anxiety under control. On my little rating scale or whatever it is, whatever it's called, I rated a 36 out of 37 in anxiety. Per my therapist, that is all my parents' parenting. Like, it all stems from that. Um, so that's my story. I'm a little fucked off in the heads because my parents are... They, they did what they could. They did the best they could, especially my mom. But it wasn't enough for me. Yeah, I agree. Because... I, I feel like my, my parents did the best they could with the tools that they had, mm -hmm. but they didn't have good tools. And for my mom, being the parent that was there is not enough. Like, I think there is a misconception. And that kind of ties into the insecure episode with Lawrence and Condola when they were looking at their <laughs> relationship and their co-parenting and stuff. Just because you're the parent that's always there, you know what I'm saying? You got to be in the right headspace. So just because you're there, I, I don't give my mom brownie points for being the parent that stayed. That part. Because there was a lot of dark moments. And there was a lot of times I wish she wasn't the parent that stayed. That, you know, I, neither one of them that I wish I was just with someone else. So just because you stay don't mean nothing. And I think that that actually needs to be said and noted. Just because you're the parent that stays does not mean it. Some sometimes it be hell as well. That's another thing for me as well, because I've in conversations with friends I'll complain about my relationship with my dad and they say things like, at least your dad was around. Like, I don't know my dad or my dad left me, but my dad was around and was trash. Like 
that man doesn't know anything about me. And this was a person that was in the house with me. So in my mind, it's worse to have a parent that's there and trash than a parent that was just like, I'm not going to do this. Because why? Like, I'd rather have an absent dad than a shitty one who's next to me every day. Like my dad to this day don't know how to spell my name right. It ain't hard. It's six letters. And you were there for my birth. What's like, what's the problem? I see my name in his phone and was like, um, what? <laughs> how? How? I remember one day he was down the street talking to a neighbor and I needed something. So I ran down there to talk to him and my birthday was coming up and he was like, oh yeah, she turning 15 tomorrow. I was definitely turning 17. How did you miss two years? I live in your house. Mm. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Nicole, <laughs> you can take it away. Well, I would just like to say like, congratulations to you to finding a therapist. Um, I know you've been through another therapist and you found a therapist or had a little connection. So congratulations to you and hopefully um, things progress and that you're able to heal in the places that you need to heal. Um, and um, as far as I guess my story, I grew up with both of my parents until I was 10. <clears throat> I was the youngest for the longest. Um, I was the youngest kid. Um, it was just, I have four, f- four older siblings, um, but I lived with just one. So I was the spoil. I was spoiled. I got whatever I wanted. When my parents were married, like my mom, she worked long hours. She's a cosmetologist. So my mom, to this day, she will get up at four o'clock. If a client needs her, she will get up at four o'clock and she wouldn't get home till um, like eight o'clock at night. And so um, my dad growing up was the one who would make sure we ate, make sure we had dinner, make sure we took our bath, like just little things like that. And so I was a daddy's girl. And then uh, when I turned 10, 9 or 10, one of those years, um, something happened and my mom, it like everything immediately stopped. I was 10 and I've always been mature for my age. And so I understood everything um, that was going on. And the reason why my mom like abrupt, like she left in the middle of the night, grabbed me and my sister, got all of our things as much as she could into her car and she left. Um, And we stayed with my grandmother for a little while. And so I feel like, and there's been some other situations since then that she left or she dropped the guy or the man or whatever in protection of her daughters. And so for me, watching my mom like be a no- I guess like no bullshit, no tolerance. Like when it comes to men, I feel like I, I'm kind of like her in a way, but then in a sense, I'm kind of like, okay, well, let me see where this goes. And then I'm like, okay, no, this ain't going to work. And so I'm, I'm able to cut it off. But as far as like my father, um, my teenage years, I had no connection with him until I was 15. 
and he was kind of in and out of my life. And so like now we're in a, a place where we, we are repairing our relationship. And so that stems like with me and guys, like having them in and out of my life, I kind of see that connection if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, but I'm Mm -hmm. also like Sierra, like instability or anytime I feel like financial, anything like is, is going to be a burden. I'm like, okay, no, let me figure out how I can make a way. Let me figure out how I can do this. But my mom was also is, and still is also one of those people who's like, you want it, get it, you know, like, you want the car, get mm-hmm. the car. You want to do this, get the, you do this. Like she supports me in whatever it is that I want to do, no matter how much, like how crazy it might be. Like I, my mom is, is supportive. She literally called me two minutes before, <laughs> before we started. It was like, okay, well you do like call me back, you know? So me and my mom are like really best friends and I depend on her a lot. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all over the place. I'm always all over the place. But (laughs) with 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 her, like I'm she supports me in everything I do, no matter what the decision is, if it's crazy, if it's if she knows it's going to hurt, like she'll solicit her advice. But she's still going to allow me to like go through it and then, you know, be there when I need her. So how do you think um, how do y'all think? As an adult, you can move past and start developing your own story. <laughs> well, to therapist number two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, well, to be completely honest, I've lived on my own since I, I got out of high school. And so I think by my mom, I don't know, by my mom <laughs> allowing me to like, do the things that I want because she like, and I have a a relationship with her where we talk about pretty much everything, but by her like being like, no, do it, do this, do that. And actually experience things and being on my own for so long. I just, I don't know. We evolve. So I'm all over the place, (laughs) but with what I want to say, but I just think like, just living. You got to live and experience, mm-hmm. like create experiences and go do the things that you want to do and be free and know that like you're not living for them. any. You're not living for anybody but yourself. You'll have kids and all that and you'll have to like raise them. But at the end of the day, you're living for yourself for yourself. So you have to figure out the things you have to experience things and figure out the things that you like and that you want to do and just do them. And if you don't, if you don't like it, then you just don't like it, but you just, you got to experience yourself you got to get to know yourself Mm -hmm. and go deeper with who you want to be and what your goals are and where you want to be. And it might change. I might say Mm -hmm. one thing today in three years, I want to do something different. You just got to know that Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, you can. That's what I was going to say. Like, for me, I think it's going to take for me to almost feel like I'm in between like a rock and a hard place or like I'm about to hit rock bottom for me to like, I don't have any other choice to make but to figure it out myself. Um, Do you think that's healthy? 
it's, I feel like it's what I need. Like I said, I struggle to make decisions. So I feel like I'm going to have to get to a point where nobody can make the decision for me to get what I want. I got to figure out what I got to do to get there and not look for, I won't say handouts, but like, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Like, I don't think I've ever had a job that somebody else didn't help me get. You know what I'm saying? Like everything in life I've been guided to by some kind of connection to somebody I grew up with or somebody that somebody knows or somebody that I'm close to. But I feel like I'm getting to the point where like, I got to figure it out for myself to truly be happy. I heard something the other day and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I heard something. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was listening to a podcast, I was watching something on YouTube or whatever, but you know how they say like as a child, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I think mm-hmm. um, they mentioned like as adults, we need our, we have to have our village, right? We have to have our own village, whether that's your friend, your spouse, you know, like just other people, your coworkers, whatever, you have to have your village. And I think that's important to have because we're not meant to, to go through things like by ourselves, you know, like we're not Mm -hmm. meant to be alone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like we're in places that we are alone, but I think you have to have your village, like, right. You can reach out to Sierra. You can reach out to me or whatever. Like I know there are friends that I can reach out to and they're a part of my village. We have fun. We have serious moments. You know, we cry, we laugh, we, we support each other. We lean on one, in- one another. Um, and I think it's important to know into that's part of creating who you are, knowing who your village is. I don't know. So I don't necessarily mean like I need to cut everybody off and just Mm -hmm. go my own way type thing. I mean, so to use an example, like my boyfriend, he'll become interested in something and then like he puts his all into it. Like he recently, I don't think he just heard about whatever the fuck NFTs are. I still don't understand what that is, but I heard him mention it once, maybe out loud. And then yesterday we were hanging out and he was in, it was on Twitter, I think. Like he was retweeting a bunch of shit, just reading into it. He entered some, I guess, drawings to win some and won them and like is making money off that. He decided he wanted some more income. So he looked into renting out his cars as extra income and then he's doing that successfully. It's just like, Looking at him, he can have an idea and he can execute it with no problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas me, I just say it's a lot of like, oh, I wish I could, but I don't do anything to execute. I think it's I think you it's hard, especially when you are either in friendship or intimate with someone and they have a complete different skill from you. For example, my husband is such a people person. Everyone likes him. Like everyone likes him. He gets along with everyone and it makes his life so much easier. He can go into a job, in a job interview, get the job. Like he is such a likable person. Me, on the other hand, it takes people, people have to warm up to me. 
Um, I have to warm up to them. Like I don't, everyone don't, doesn't just like me. I like, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And that's, I've, I've made peace with that, but I, I feel like my, that, you guys go back to the first episode. If whatever. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my life could be so much easier if, if I was a people person and I feel like I would get so much further in life if I was and it has really like given me anxiety because when I meet people for the first time, like a new team or or I'm around a new group of people, um, I'm around someone else's friends or something like that, I always have to be I'm self-conscious because I'm like, well, hell, I know they're not going to like me on the first meet. I like I already know that off top. You know what I'm saying? And so and, and it's me and it's something that I'm not willing to change because it's, it's just who I am authentically. I think it's important for you to own that. I, I own it. You not. I'm not just about to be friendly with everybody. I'm going to be nice to you. But yeah, I need to see who you are. You need to see who, see who I am. And that takes time for me. Um, it has nothing to do with being betrayed. It has nothing to do with any of that. I'm very intuitive. I can feel people's energy. And if it if it don't feel right to me, it just it just don't. So I think it's important to define who you are. The question that I asked everyone was, um, what do you think you could do to move past that? And I feel like in particular with family, we have to learn how to have those hard conversations um, because when stuff goes unaddressed, you always have that in the back of your head. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I would have said this. Maybe they have a perspective that I didn't know. You learn a lot of things of, about mm-hmm. what goes on in your family if you just ask. And in order to move on, I feel like even if you ask questions or or you try to have a conversation about some things even if it's not what you want as far as response goes, at least you did everything that you could do mm-hmm. to, you know, move past it. And as black people, I feel like we don't ask questions because of response from our our people and especially elders or whatever. But I think questions and conversations have to be had in order for you to move on. Um, I know that I have had conversations with my mom about things and yeah, she didn't give me the response that I wanted. She cried about it and, and became a victim, but I knew that was her, her way of coping. Um, I have to give her grace. She's not ready. She's not there to have, she's not ready to have the conversation, but guess what she did do? She did change her actions. I see my mom all the time now. My mom lives in a whole different state and I see her more now than I did when she lived in it four hours away from me in Houston. Um, for my dad, I, I, he has amnesia. So it's hard to have, it's hard to have conversations with people who conveniently forget about things. So it makes you feel crazy. Like I know. So I, I don't really necessarily know how to approach him about things because my dad has, he's like two different people. I grew up with him one way. He was in a, um, a religion that made him, um, no holidays, no fun period. If you know, you know what, what I'm talking about without even having to, um, say what the religion name is. I don't know how they roll, so I'm not going to say their name, but 
Um, <laughs> he then he got remarried and he became the fun guy. That's I never in my whole entire life knew my dad as a fun person. He was always the law, the police, the dead, the boring, <laughs> the absent. And so now he's the fun. My dad, my dad's in Miami now. He's the fun guy. And I've never met the fun guy. I've still never met him. It was just like one day I woke up and he was the fun guy. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know how to talk to this person. This person doesn't know me. I don't know him. It's like being around a stranger, but this is your dad. Matter of fact, he was at my house. He's been at my house. He was at my house last night and the night before. And I didn't even see him. <laughs> like you know it's just like i i get him you know it's weird when you're when your kid gets married i know that feels weird for them um especially when they out living their best life it's like oh well i gotta come down a little bit because oh shit like my child has gotten married and <laughs> shit's getting real but it's just still weird i still have i have to meet this person i still feel like i don't even know who he is and he doesn't know me so i feel like Having conversations, really being adamant about moving on, but dealing with that, being assertive about who you are. What do you, what do I even want for my dad moving forward? What do I even want for my mom moving forward? What does that look like for me? Yeah. That has to be defined. And that goes with any of my other family too that I have had issues with that I feel like have partaken in this. I, there, there's maybe one other person that I can think about, but that's just them. I don't care. I don't, I, I use them for novelty. I think that in order to, I think it's very important to move on. I think it's very important to move forward because if you don't, you're going to be stuck here in a, in, in the state of my story is I'm responsible to a mm -hmm. fault. I'm independent. I'm this, but that's not who you want to be. That's not who I even want to be. So I think it's important to have those conversations, have those hard moments, rectify those situations as much as you can so you can start creating your own story. I was just going to say, I agree. Having those hard conversations, like I had, had to have a hard conversation. Well, I actually let my dad just speak and he just like, we went to dinner. He invited me to dinner and we, he just literally laid it all out from like the time my parents split to like now, like I got the full story and it just felt, it felt freeing, you know, it felt like you were free. And then I came home and I talked to my mom about it. She, t I had her story. And so like all the, it felt like all of my pieces to my puzzle were like, being mm -hmm. put in place. And so now that I know, like I saw this, it, like think of a puzzle and you see this one little small portion of it. But then when everything gets pieced together, like you see the big picture. And for me, that just felt, it felt freeing. Um, and it felt like I could be more open, you know, because I know the true mm -hmm. story to it all, you know, mm -hmm. and they were willing. I didn't ask for, I didn't pry. It was just something, I guess, that they, my dad felt like he needed to share with me to get off of his chest to free him so that our, mm -hmm. our relationship could, could move forward. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I think with my parents, we're at the point where 
I just have to heal for myself. I've asked the questions. I've said what I needed to say. And it's either that never happened. They they get amnesia or it's I'm like the disrespectful and grateful child for feeling mm-hmm. the way I'm feeling. So I think for me, all I can do is just say my piece to free myself and then hope that maybe one day when I have children, like they could be amazing grandparents, if that makes right. sense. Like, yeah, I think we've done all we're yeah, going to do maybe, as far as our relationship. Maybe you have to be, I'm sorry, maybe you have to be okay with what if they're not going to be amazing? You know, like the grandparents, you have to to be okay with Swiftly whatever removed. I will the coin, you know, remove side, whichever side of the, the coin situation. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, I've, I've thought you about that. You got to be okay like, with either or. I've thought about and will you like, be okay would I even I want my children around my parents, but I would at least give them that chance. But mm-hmm. if I see any type of how they treated me gone. That's fair. Yeah, I think. Well, that's all I had today. I hope that you guys, I know it was a little heavy, a little (laughs) heavy, but you know, I think it was important to discuss going into this holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving is a time that you kind of mask everything, Mm -hmm. uh, dress up, look cute, be around people in everybody's face and not dealing with real issues and then go home and, and talk shit all the way home. That's going to be me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got some quiet families. My families love to, my families, my family love to talk shit. Thanksgiving is when people start throwing the jabs. Like, um. you ain't seen them kids in three years. Tracy, where your husband at? Oh, you ain't got one? That's my family. That's all I had. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Pouring up a drink. Chat. All right. <laughs> Chow, oh, you, oh, you got anything it. else? Yes. Uh, no, just, <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Alrighty, guys. Well, that's our show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Box Braids and Bundles Pod and Twitter at BB and B Pod. And we'll see you back in our chair in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.